This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh. Meh. Textual healing. Okay, so uh, I, I kind of wanted to, we've been getting this question a lot recently, and I wanted to kind of address things and put everyone's concerns to rest. Um, in oh, a boy. recent episode, Elliot mentioned that he has a boyfriend, and this is true. And ever since, however, we've been basically inundated with messages and comments, mm, yeah. people who were frankly panicked and wondering, is Elliot still unhinged? Yeah. Now, I'm going to answer this just once, and I'm going to answer it without an ounce of equivocation. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> Elliot Glazer is and will always be wildly unhinged. Wildly. Now, to uh, clarify, Elliot is in a great monogamous relationship with his boyfriend, and, and of course, we support that. So he is no longer unhinged with people. He's merely unhinged with inanimate objects. Yeah. But oh, hands, my God. Hands don't count as people. So like, even if they're That's on right. people, they're, they're separate from the person. So let me give an example. Uh, you probably have heard of, you know, the, the president of the United States has what's called the football. This is someone who mm. follows him around everywhere he goes with a suitcase filled with nuclear codes in case a launch is ever required. Well, Elliot actually does the same thing, except his football <laughs> is a suitcase filled with kielbasas. And for instance, we were actually at a food court, the, the three of us recently, and Elliot was like, oh my God, I'm so horny. And we're like, Jesus, dude, TMI. And, and at that point, he motions Carl my over. Uh, he motions Carl over and Elliot removed a foot long from the suitcase and he slapped it against his face, gagged on it for a while. You know, just standard Elliot Razor stuff. Gagged so, on it. You had Carl? to add in the gagged on it for a while. Carl? Who's Carl? He's the guy. He's the football. He's the guy that, that holds your football, Elliot. You pay, him, you pay him like 80 grand a year. That's my dad's name, too. Carl. Is Carl your dad's name? I don't yeah. think I knew that. Yeah. Um, wow. But people had been very concerned. And so I just wanted them to, to be reassured that you, nothing has changed really yeah. uh, when it comes uh, to Elliot Glazer and his, and, right. his, uh, um, and, his, and his urges, so uh, to speak. His uh, lustful <laughs> urges. So glad you spent all this. I was like, how long is this bit going to go? Brent <laughs> was literally on the plane writing this on a napkin. <laughs> 
on a napkin. I, you guys, you guys pretend like these things aren't true. It is. It's so wild to me. It is true. Um, true. I would like. We should. We should have Jake just send in an audio. Oh God, no! Leave him I'll, out of this. I'm gonna text him. Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out text of this. Him, text him. Yeah. No. This, is, this is why you should never give your boyfriend's phone number to your friends. That's right. This is why. This he, reason. Elliot literally won't do it I to won't. me. Every every time, I always kind of jokingly am uh, jokingly am like, "Hey, what's your what's your new boyfriend's phone number?" And Elliot's like, "You're never getting his phone number." Um, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Here's the textual healing of today, of this week. <laughs> After all of that, yeah. here's what we're going to talk about. That's right. As it turns out, Superman's son is coming out as bisexual. He um, likes the dick. That, so the LGBTQIAU community has finally arrived, um, and Superman's son is bisexual. Of course, mm. the son's name is jonathan um well, it's not john it's not john Never nope john. not johnny even not johnny it's, i'm jonathan <laughs> I, I like picture his son as like i'm jeffrey jonathan he like comes out as bisexual and now he's like jeffrey jonathan um so you know this was one of these things where it kind of like made you know made some news it's not entirely uncharted territory a few months back dc comics announced tim drake who is the third character to assume the Robin role would have a boyfriend. Robin, so Robin, Robin Bat- from Batman. Batman. Okay. And which I, I quite Green frankly Lantern makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I used to be obsessed with Robin. I, What'd you say? I think the Green Lantern too was like gay at some point in one iteration. Cause I remember, I don't know anything about comics at all, but yeah. I share a name with the Green Lantern, Alan Scott. And so every time there's like a tagging of something, people yeah. would tag me in the news about the Green Lantern because yeah. they would just conveniently forget about the H. It was very, yeah. it was very strange. Oh, I get, I get, but I, I can understand the connection. Yeah, we spell it the same way in everything. So <laughs> right. I'm, apparently, I'm secretly the Green Lantern, you guys. I've just, guys, I've just never been into comics and it's such a thing now at just everywhere you go. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But like people <laughs> yeah. aren't undercover about it anymore. So I have to, I feel like I'm the jackass for not knowing about this. <laughs> dare I say this dumb shit? I don't know. It just, it just has, it just never really struck my fancy mm. comic books. Um, well, anything like, about them. Are you into them, Elliot? I liked, um, I loved Archie comics as a kid. Loved okay. Archie. Do you yeah, like I Riverdale? Just, Is that the one that's like based no, on Archie? No, I don't, I don't care about Riverdale. I just yeah. like the comic books, but like, mm. I, I got it. I mean, I was into, I kind of was into a little bit of comic books, but nothing, nothing crazy superhero-y per se. Yeah. Um, but I truly, I'm like, I, I, I can't keep up with, I, I because I'm so like com, uh, sort of compulsive or not compulsive, but like neurotic. I can't mm. really, because I can't keep track of the chronology of yeah. these movies yeah. and the, the MCU versus the MU, like all these universes and where these movies fall. Like, I don't know where Guardians of the Galaxy falls. So I yeah. can't watch it. Like mm-hmm. it's too much. Yeah. And I can't yeah. keep up, but I'm not turned off by it at all. I'm just, I can't keep up. And if I don't have the chronology correct, I'm like, well, why start now? <laughs> That's part of I, my I, problem is that yeah. I, I I find I have to like, like if I want to get into comics and understand something, especially if it becomes a film or something that is, you know, I want to watch, yeah. I feel like I need to go in order of like right. how it right. was released and stuff. And right. it's really difficult for some of these like big ones like Superman or Batman or any of those because like they have such long histories that you don't know 
where to go. So when I was a kid, I never was really into comics, but as I got older, I was more into like graphic novels and shit. Yeah. But oh, I yeah, will yeah. say now I am uh, because, you know, Michael and I are very much Disney gays mm-hmm. and, but the cool ones, not the ridiculous ones. And no, they have the new Marvel yeah. universe at Disneyland right, right now. And so I've been watching the Marvel films to sort of understand the universe and stuff. And it's actually a lot of fun. Are they? They are I, so much fun. I, I don't know. I think I watched Guardians of the Galaxy was the one with Groot, right? Yes. Yeah. I think I watched one of those. Uh, I It just, is that a comic book, by the way? It is. I think it is a comic book. Oh. Yeah. I haven't gotten to those because I've been watching, again, going back to sort of what Elliot was talking about, wanting to go in chronological order. I've been doing, watching the Marvel Universe in chronological order and I haven't yeah. gotten to Guardians yet. But Where did I that have, start? Oh, sorry. Guardi- oh, Guardians. Well, the movie started... Um, like in the mid aughts or late aughts with Iron Man, and it kind uh, of which was great, which was great. Iron yeah, was and great. so I've been following sort of like in the timeline because they all have a timeline. The MCU universe or whatever right. has a timeline, and I've been following it on Disney Plus, not sponsored, should be. Mm-hmm. And it 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 it's it's kind of fascinating to see how they're all connected, and then when they all get together for the Avengers fights or whatever, it's like. I get sucked into it. My favorite, mm. though, is Spider-Man. I do like a Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man's great. Spider-Man's uh, a lot of fun. And the new Spider-Man, like, there's other iterations of Spider-Man, of course, but the new Spider-Man, lots of fun. It is, it is. I, I, I think the only, I, I, I'll say this. I was really into the Dick Tracy movie from 1991 same, same. with Warren Buffett. Oof. I hated Madonna. Warren I Beatty, was like, Warren Beatty not Buffett. Warren Beatty. <laughs> Warren Beatty. <laughs> I was like, get Madonna out of this. She's so boring. Wait. The um, idea of Warren Buffett whispering into, Warren whispering Buffett into Madonna's ear. Make sure you invest in Google. Oh God. Um, but I so so I I do think that comic books are good for bad guys because I do love a yeah. I love a crazy bad guy. How I far love did a crazy you go face? I love Dick flat Tracy. top. How far did you go with Dick Tracy in terms of I just of like watched your... the movie and still do, by the way, like I was every obsessed other year. with Dick Tracy to the point where I had to get every single toy that the Dick Tracy film had. Yes. And I even got the the no face toy, which was apparently very hard to get. And I oh. had a whole box, a collector's box of all of my Dick Tracy toys that I could like I put them. I'll in. I'll one up you. I would go, I would comb my hair so that I looked like flat top and go to school. <laughs> Are there pictures? That I was Are there top. pictures? No, because it didn't actually look like like I had a flat top. <laughs> um, so anyway, I guess I guess, well, I, I guess ultimately the, this is good news. I guess I don't know. Well, I, I mean, the thing sometimes is, I'm like, I wish Axios would quit covering this bullshit. It's like <laughs> it makes sense. Yes, of course, characters should be bi and gay and whatever and mm-hmm. and whatever. It should be representative of the population. But it's almost like it's just it's no longer news, guys. You know. I mean, yeah. I think it's no longer. I I don't think it's news, but it it. It, it it really hit a lot and 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 was like covered in a lot of places and, and like I think it trended something. and but the thing is is that two things one um his son is by but apparently like until now he was he has assumed the mantle of Superman. So I guess at a, he basically he technically is Superman. Not that yeah. it really matters, but what's really funny to me is that 
Dean Kane, who played Superman for a oh, couple yeah. seasons on that show in the '90s or whatever, like yeah, what, he's show. like a conservative. He's a conservative. He went on. Yeah. Um. He like slam. He went on like Fox or something and was saying mm-hmm. that this is bandwagoning and that it's like you know he basically wanted to make it about him, which is hilarious because it's yeah. like well you know you're you're not you are not actually Superman. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're an right. Actor I think played Superman. The funniest thing that came out of that was this. Someone did a tweet being like Dean Kane is so pathetic that even when he plays superman in a show he can't leave the show as famous as the lowest lane terry hatcher who became obviously <laughs> yeah. more yeah. famous it's like that's how much of a loser you are <laughs> that, i remember that show was on when we were in like well, oh middle you school guys were, grade you guys school were college but when i was in like fifth grade <laughs> yeah and and which is like the absolute prime target for a show Did you like watch that it? yes and it was so fucking boring yeah, I don't remember. It was anything so about boring. It. it like nothing happened in that show. Yeah, I do remember well, liking Terry Hatcher's hair. Okay. The weirdest part about the whole Dean Kane thing is that I very distinctly remember renting a movie called The Broken Hearts Club from oh, 2000, yes. Yes. where it's like him on like a gay baseball league. Yeah, gay, it was like, like a big thing. It, oh wow! Well, it was like a big gay movie that he was yeah. in on like a gay well, baseball league in in a year when there was like three gay <laughs> movies. Yes, that was one of the big gay movies. One, right. you know, Out of three, it's ones. not so hard. It What's like funny about Dean Kane is during the election, he and the woman who was the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the movie, I forget her name now, they did a She's play. Swanson. Yes, they did a play because they're big Trump supporters, like huge. Yeah, Trump she is. And they, and so is he. Wait, and who they, is? Dean Kane oh, and the Buffy, Buffy the Vampire okay. yeah, Slayer. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And they did a play reading about the, um, the, the, oh God, the Mueller report or whatever. <laughs> that, and it was like, there's video of it online and it is so funny to watch because oh, it is great. so badly acted. And they're like, this is, we need to fundraise to make this a movie to show people the truth. <laughs> Oh my god! I gotta, I gotta see that movie. I'll send you the link. It's so oh, good. I'll try to find a clip. Oh, oh my god! Oh, it's called Obama Obama Gate Play. No, it's not. I can't tell what it's called. But okay, I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> not even joking. We are here today with uh, a psychotherapist and a friend of mine. A psych. The way you said it, you've made it sound like it was some sort of like disability. A psycho. Mm. We're here with the psycho. <laughs> An emphasis on the psycho. Yeah, I. Thought that too. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, Omar hey. Torres. Uh, hi, Omar. Hi. Uh, Brent, I was, were, like, sorry, Brent, you were saying something? I yeah, apologize. I'm, I, I'm sorry, Omar. I just I just wanted to kind of, you know, set some ground rules because obviously we're speaking with therapists and like I want to make sure everything's like appropriate. So we're obviously going to be talking a lot about really personal things in Elliot's life that he might yeah. have told you. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel very strongly that our audience members yeah. don't share that information with other. There might be some emotional triggers along the way. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take um, my notes out. Don't worry. <laughs> right, right, right. right. My character profile on it. Yeah. <laughs> so Omar, uh, you're a friend and a queer a queer therapist who works with a lot of um, queer clients. Not obviously not exclusively, but you're in New yeah. York and you've been practicing for a while. And um, you know, I thought it would be cool to like actually talk to a well we've had a gay therapist on before um <laughs> i don't know how much we should i mean he was on the show and uh we talked he used about... to be my supervisor oh oh that is surreal Wait, we that should probably surreal. say who we're talking about we had yeah. matt dempsey on before uh-huh. who, right yeah he's a he's a queer therapist um and it was a good little chat that we had yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good chat yeah. and and uh, uh but but yeah so now you are you have your own practice in new york Yes. How long has it's that been, been a long time on? coming? Oh gosh. Um, 
I think I think I'm on the third year. I think it's about, oh wow about wow. Yeah, is it called something fun friends. or is it just your name? Uh, it's just my name. <laughs> oh. Like it's uh, well, I officially it's the Torres Group. Oh, oh, that's wow. fun. Now that's, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. My, my mom had like a like a senior nursing business when in like the 80s, 90s, and it was called Helping Friends. So I always thought oh, if you have like your that. own health thing, it should be yeah. something fun. Like, yeah, come sit with me. That's what you can yeah. call yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That's actually really good, Alan. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Come sit with me. I love yeah. um, uh, how impressed with yourself you just were right now. Like, yeah, what a good idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that, that happens a lot. And I don't yeah. have much work so they're not usually <laughs> impressed in the pitch room but whatever mm, whatever <laughs> so, so okay. I, I, let me ask you so like yes you know sort of a, maybe the most basic question i could ask is like what's the difference between consulting with straight folks and gay like is are are there differences or is it kind of the same problems um and i assume How obviously like you have experience with both yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such a good question you know i haven't spent a ton of time actually thinking about the differences, but off the top of my head, I mean, it it's not so much that the issues or the topics that come up are different. It's, it's a lot of the same, like, you know, uh, who am I? Like, what is it about me that I don't like about myself? And, you know, and how do those things sort of manifest themselves interpersonally? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, a lot of queer folks obviously deal with. The, the difference, however, is of course, navigating the world as a queer person Mm. right like the challenges that one faces because of that the trauma the you know Mm -hmm. the triggers all the the, all the t's right so um Mm -hmm. that sort of adds a complex a more complex layer to a lot of what's discussed right so um issues around like body image for example oh god that you know does come up with straight clients but like the motivations are a little bit different and like the pressure feels Mm -hmm. a lot more like high stakesy for a lot of queer people yeah so yeah i I would say those are like the main differences that that's actually really interesting and and obviously (laughs) strikes some some familiar tones in my life (laughs) because you know, just recently, obviously, this has been in the news. People have been talking about how, in, you know, there was all this research at Facebook that showed that Instagram was really bad for teenage girls and body images. And I'm like, yes, Duh. A, Duh. B, also fucking me. Like, it's absolutely yeah. destroyed I feel how like I view been myself. And- from the beginning of, like, Instagram is that, like, this sort of, and I think, again, queer people leading the way, like we did with like online dating, and we were always online for a long time. And then now with Grinder and seeing the images coming from Grinder and then Instagram, it's like, we've known about this impact that like bad body image, like unobtainable body image can, yeah, right. in, that Instagram and internet can do. Like how, I mean, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's only one type of person that has like a bad body image. Like mm-hmm. you probably get a whole a parade of people who are coming to you about body image issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, from the folks who you wouldn't think would have body image issues all the way to folks that, you know, um, folks in larger bodies that really deal with a lot of discrimination and a lot of stigma and everything in between. Yeah, it just feels so high stakes. And actually, when that comes up, one of the questions I ask um, is, who are you following on Instagram? And I will talk and I'll be like, it is time to clean up shop. Oh, like wow. you, I don't want you following folks that you don't know for no reason, just because they're hot. Interesting. Um, and we'll have a chat about that. You know, I, I'm not like a drill sergeant about it, right? I'm not like, of course, right, let me right. check. But, you know, yeah. I strongly encourage that. And I'm like, you know, someone, 
you know, you want to follow someone that's hot, obviously that's fine, but really try to like also follow ideas that, Mm -hmm. you know, resonate with you or like art that resonates with you. And so if the artist happens to be really hot, like fine, you know, I'll give you that. But (laughs) otherwise, (laughs) otherwise I really, I I talk about limiting that and it does make a difference even in my own life. Like Mm. it's made a huge maybe not you it's significant definitely a significant difference just like in the way I like look at myself and the world around me you know one of the bummers for me is is that um I follow a few enough people that when I do find someone that I'm like enthralled with uh I, I don't forget them so I can unfollow them but like every and this is actually just happened to me last night where I was like oh I wonder how this one guy's been doing and I go on, but you've never page. met him. You don't know. Him. Uh, I no. We had we had actually this this person in particular. We had we had chatted, but I didn't I, I didn't know him, um, like you know in depth. Yeah. And I went on his page, and he just had th- the three hottest pictures I've ever seen of someone. And like, mm. we're never gonna meet. He and of course instantly I'm like I look at myself and I see like just like a you know a bag of barf and <laughs> and it but it's but it's it's such a curse because you're like you can't I can't forget these you can't lose them yeah you know um they're always you know as long as his profile is not on private I'm always gonna be able you know every couple of weeks to be like I wonder how that guy's really hot guy's doing and then I look and he's doing yeah. great and you know or he seems like he's doing great and right it's such a curse you know can I can I share with you like what I do personally when yes. I'm yeah. in that situation? So <laughs> no, a few no. Things. Yeah, imagine you're like, no, I'm good. Um, no, no thanks. <laughs> so a few things. One, um, folks in hospice are one of the most like researched groups in like psychology, right? We mm. love interviewing people when they're about to die um, <laughs> because we want to know like, so as you look back on your life, like, what do you think? And yeah. not one person, not one, and I can rarely say this when it comes to any kind of research in terms of psychology, not one person ever has ever said, you know, I really wish I went to the gym more. You know, I yeah. really wish yeah. I put down that pizza. I really wish I had one more ab. No yeah. one in the history yeah. of redoing that research, working with this cohort has Just ever wait for the Gen Zers to die. Yeah. Wait for them to die. <laughs> right. Yes. Just you. Right. Right. What, do you think, what do you think that says? That it's meaningless, ultimately. Yeah. Right? And then it just reminds me like, oh yeah, it doesn't actually matter. Or, you know, I also ask myself uh, or t- remind myself like, no one's asking you, Omar, to have like the perfect but like no one needs that from you yeah. your clients don't need that from you your friends don't need that from you yeah your family does like no one's asking you to look like that so who gives a shit right like yeah so, yeah you know don't unless um, you're doing it for yourself what's the point like there's no right. there's literally no other point unless it's literally to make yourself happy yeah right exactly i yeah. I, I nod as i drink my morning protein shake that I drink before, I, before i go to jam but yes. do you have anyone omar uh, just sort of closing out instagram for a minute because i feel like there's a lot of instagram phobias when it comes to queer people in general i'm obsessed with people and i joked about this last night because my, my mom brought it up she was like oh my god you're almost to a certain number on instagram and i was like i've never thought about it but thank you for thinking about yeah. people liking me um yeah. like does anyone ever complain, especially people maybe with large Instagram followings, do they ever complain about not hitting certain numbers in therapy? Because I'm obsessed with the idea of someone complaining about social media and therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, not as often. Mm, 
not not as often as you might think but often enough where I'm like okay this is a thing that you know I have to um address or become somewhat familiar with just like around like being liked and popularity and you know comparing yourself like so and so has more followers than I do and Mm -hmm. it like pisses me off and you know and again I bring it back to like you're I promise you I promise you on your dying (laughs) breath is not going to be about how many followers you had or didn't have right I absolutely promise you that um and then of course talking about what that number means to them right and it's like because of Instagram we're able to quantify uh value in a way we haven't been able to quantify it before Mm -hmm. so you know I get it I understand Mm -hmm. why it's relevant it also comes up a lot in Mm -hmm. um not necessarily followers but uh couples therapy no way yeah Hmm. like like competing against each other that doesn't surprise me like like, looking at other um, people right yes yes so it comes up in every couple's work that I do now like every couple I've worked with pretty much it has come up you know I saw you liking so-and-so's picture and blah blah blah. I have I have straight friends that have had that problem oh yeah me too of course yeah Yeah. certainly universal yeah which is probably why Instagram got rid of that activity feed thing you know what I mean? Yeah. You, they, they used to have oh, a feed where you could, you could see, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. They used to have a feed where you could see like who's following who, who or what? who yeah. liked what or whatever. And now you can't see that, which is, I think, probably healthy. Oh, my God. Yeah, Infinitely so. I have a friend who we have like fairly similar tastes. And and of course, I'm not going to give his name because occasionally I would like, name him. Uh, I would I would go on. I would say, I'm like, oh, I wonder what David's up to. And it would, sh- it would be like, oh, David, just follow this person. It would be like some like ripped 17 year old. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, you're like, I don't think David wants anyone. Twitter to know. still does that though. I just yesterday, literally just yesterday, I saw on my Twitter feed, some, it, like Twitter told me that uh, someone I follow liked something and it was like some ridiculously thirsty photo of someone. So, of yeah, course, I yeah. screenshotted it and texted it to him, being course, like, horrifying. It's 2 p.m. You need to be outside <laughs> yeah, doing right. something. What are, what you, are doing? you doing with your life? Yes. <laughs> you can still see on Instagram what hashtags people follow. Oh, of course. Which is oh, I didn't know personal. That. Which yeah. mine are pathetic because it's like Golden Girls, drag. Oh, mine <laughs> is Gordon Setters, quite frankly. <laughs> dog That's breed in the world. How, yeah. is, how has how have your relationships to social media changed? Like as the podcast has gotten more popular and have you got as you've gotten more followers? Like, is it, I don't know, have you like made peace with it? Is there struggle, some tension behind it? Like, how would you describe your relationships to it? You know, uh, uh, mine has always been very standoffish. Alan and Elliot, I think, are a little bit more into it. But, um, you know, I just, I just, you know, we've, we've beaten this uh, theme several times recently, but, like, I just see it as truly, like, the evil of all evils in <laughs> over the last five years and I think for the next 10 years to come. So all I can think about is doing everything I can to, like, manage my life successfully without utilizing these just miserable yeah hate machines which is what social media is i see it as performative and if if, like literally in my head i see it as sort of like a i know it's all an artifice and so that somehow mentally helps me understand like for example i guess the biggest thing that happens is sometimes i'll see someone doing something you know a peer of mine like a, a entertainment peer getting something big or like succeeding in some way and then of course for like five minutes i'll let myself like stew in it you know what i mean like i can do that that could have been me you know and then and that's the real impact for me at least of of social media is there's this it creates this sort of jealousy or envy in a way that 
sometimes can be like yeah. mentally really troubling. And then of course I take myself out of that. And I try to like, I literally, this is so cheesy, but I literally go to like my 18 year old self and I'm like, what would my 18 year old self think of me now? And I would be like, mm-hmm. he'd probably be like, wow, you done shit. Like yeah. you've yeah. done more shit yeah. than you thought you were going to do at 18. Yeah. And so that kind of helps me separate myself from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that envy and that jealousy that sometimes comes yeah. that's the biggest impact for social gotcha. media for me yeah. but otherwise i love it it's a it's a it's a it's a big stage yeah what about you Elliot? Though, no that is funny because i think that's <laughs> it's so real the idea of like everybody i mean it, i'm sure it's, it 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 you know it's a broad swap uh a broad, a broad stroke across like all industries and and even personal lives about like seeing other people succeed and feeling jealous but it's so funny to me because the mo i think is everybody feels that stewing they they can stew in that that anger or jealousy or whatever it is but then the mo now is to be like you go girl you know and like yeah. and it's so it, even, <laughs> right. it's, even if it's genuine you know being like congratulatory because you can be congratulatory it's so funny because nobody in their right mind would be like i i i could have had that you know yeah uh, me too yeah. but uh yeah. for me it's a it's more it's a, just a tug of war because the the performative element of it is so beguiling to me. And I think like, you know, more than ever, going through the the feed and seeing people do the most benign, um, completely inoffensive, uh, inane uh, inane stuff of of truly like taking a picture somewhere or just filming at a brunch or something. To me, I still kind of, can't the tug of wars in, in under in believing that like one would want to do that one would want to document mm. and share that because yeah. I guess as my followership has gone up I've wanted I've become less and less interested in like sharing things that yeah. aren't some are, are aren't in some way pretty impersonal yeah um and I and I'm I'm just, I'm just it's just sort of a, a, a existential all of it is an existential crisis and yeah. I do think that like obviously it has a lot of merits but it's definitely, at least in my opinion, outweighed by yeah. just such toxic cycles that I think mm. only hurt people. And yeah. even people who aren't, who are civilians and not performers, the way they talk about followers is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I was just at a thing where someone had, they had a party here where it was like an influencer party, but no one was influencers. <laughs> it was purely based on the number of followers you had. Mm, God. All right. All right. I, I'm, it made I'm, no I'm, sense I'm getting, too, I'm getting too bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, let me let, let me ask you, Omar, like, so uh, this is this might seem like a strange question, but like, is there ever like in in dealing with gay clients, uh, is there ever like weird tension? Is there do you ever sort of get strange feelings that maybe they have uh, a crush on you or or Ooh, yeah. anything like that? Like where it kind of like throws you into like a whole like, well, I have to be extraordinarily professional. Do you ever have crushes on clients? And isn't I mean, there a that, word that for that? Stuff. Like transference and counter-transference. Mm. That's yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. I, t- I told um, you to say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, folks love that question. Um, and I, I can you, um, I'm just like, I'm gonna do such a cliche therapist thing and uh, answer a question with a question. But what, I guess like, what what's the intrigue for you in understanding? Oh. That? I'm curious. Yes, well, I can tell you, I have always had extreme discomfort with gay therapists. Mm because I've always, it's been my deep-seated fear, and of course I'm not projecting this onto you, transferring this onto you, but it's always been my deep-seated fear that 
at some point I will, they will gain my trust and then they will like betray me by making some like weird sexual comment or something. And that's always, and it's always just been like a, a fear that has pushed me away from gay therapists. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That there will be like a betrayal yeah. at some point. Um, yeah. And then do you find that comes up for you in dating as well? Like the fear of betrayal? Um, I, get, I actually, strangely, I think I'm fairly trusting uh, I, okay. at a certain point in, in dating situations. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally, before I've seen someone three times, I think everyone wants to murder me and that I... <laughs> I just assume that at any point in time, they're like plotting how they're going to kill me that moment. But uh, outside of that, I think I'm fairly trusting at a certain point. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. So to answer your question, I mean, I don't know if this says more about me, like not paying attention or anything. I, I I have rarely, if ever felt Mm -hmm. like, oh, a client has a crush on me. Maybe Mm -hmm. I can count on one hand. And I've been doing this for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, how many times I've sensed, oh, they're flirting with me or, oh, I think they have a crush on me or like a client will come in and I usually like to do a little like relationship history. So like, tell me about like your exes, who you've dated, blah, blah, blah. And if they start rattling off a list of like Latin names, like, well, there was Juan and then Carlos and then- Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. And I'm like, so do you, what do you think about that? your therapist is Latin and everyone you uh-huh. dated is Latin. Like, yeah. what do you make of that? Right. And yeah. I'll, I'll ask them that. Um, and we'll chat about it. And often you'll unpack it be... even. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you will. Um, it's, but, it feels uh, like a commonality. I thought, I thought it was a real commonality that like patients at some point feel. I've never gotten that. I don't look, get but, that. But look at the Sopranos. I mean, I know it's a, mm. a, a stupid analogy, but like, <laughs> You I know, don't think the, he was ever attracted to her, though. It was it was oh the it was the mother complex. No, no, he, was, he all they, that they were there was such a sexual tension there, and I thought it was such a no. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. All right, but I but I thought that was like I thought that was about like about the commonality of transference of like patients falling for their their therapist or or yeah. even less than that. Like even if it even if it is a, a maternal instinct, like I thought it's very common to put your feelings onto or into your therapist. Yeah. I mean, I did have a client once um, during the first session or the second one, they said, okay, I think um, we need to sort of like get this, uh, put this on the table, get this out there. I really want to fuck you. And we need to talk about, but they were really, they were really um, (laughs) smart about it. Cause they said, and I'm afraid that my attraction to you is going to impact the work in a negative yeah. way. I'm not going to share things with you because I want to sleep with you. And so we had a really good discussion about that and how to like clock that and uh, yada, yada. And then like three months later, I shit you not, he comes in and he goes, I have good news. And I'm thinking like, oh, he like reached a goal of his or he yeah. broke a pattern. He goes, right. I don't want to fuck you anymore. <laughs> wow. I was like, hey. <laughs> Kind of offended? No, I'm kidding. I was no, like, yeah, 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 yeah. isn't that kind of it though? That like it isn't so much that they they necessarily have a crush on you or fall for like it's, to me, and that's why like with the whole Sopranos thing, even like it's not so much that they want to be with the therapist. It's more like it's that it's that sort of almost animal instinct of like, oh, I wonder what that's like to f- have sex with that person. I, I wonder what it's like right. to hook up with that. Per- it's it's more 
sort of like I think it's less about me Omar yeah exactly it's a sexual reaction rather than like oh well this person's intimate in my life I wonder what it would be like to hook up with them rather than like I want to be in a relationship with them you know right I also don't find therapy to be very sexy so I've also asked, been asked to like, oh, have you ever had a crush on a client? And it's like, no, because we don't talk about sexy things. Like yeah, we're talking yeah. about, you know, yeah. their like abusive childhood. And right. That mm-hmm. That's hot. hot. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, but there is like a care, like I will often in my own head refer to my clients as like, oh, these cutie patooties, right? Like there right, is yeah. like a, like a genuine kind of care and almost like, yeah. like mother hen love. For, yeah, sure. for them in a lot of ways. Um, they're like my babies, kind of. Well, I appreciate also, the uh, Rosie O'Donnell reference thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's yeah. also like o- over time, and we we know this, and I've said this before, over time, like you remember you would like start a class in college and you're like, oh God, this class is so ugly. And then like by the by the end of the semester, you're like, everyone's cute because you've learned all their quirks. And yeah. like this guy always asks really dumb questions. <laughs> and and this guy's always late. And I love that about, it. you know, like just little things yeah. like that. I can totally see sort of you know, the affinity kind of building over time. Yeah. For yeah. clients and so forth. Do you, um, can you, uh, how, how would you tell somebody to go about acquiring therapy or like treating mental health on a budget, you know, if they yeah, can't afford, you know, one-on-one therapy and a, you know what I mean? Like what is, how is, how is, how would you, how would you help somebody find therapy um, in a way that's, you know, budget friendly? So if, they have insurance, I would encourage them to call, you know, every, in the back of every insurance card, there's a customer service number you call and you can ask them, right? Like, here's a zip code. I want to find, you know, like therapists that specialize in a particular issue in this zip code. Can you help me find someone um, in network? Right. So that's like one way of doing it. Another mm. thing that I often tell people is um, a lot of therapists, not all, but a lot of us do offer sliding scales. Mm. So just ask. It's rare that I think I don't think many therapists volunteer that information unless they're asked. So right. um, I'll ask whoever you're you know, potentially going to work with if they offer a sliding scale, um, you know, because I do and I do like an honor, I do like, what do they call that? Honor system, honor code. I just ask them, what can you afford? Like, if they're like, listen, I can't afford your full fee. I'll go, what can you afford? And whatever they tell me, I go, okay, you're good. That's so important just Mm. because, I mean, I feel like, you know, the three of us, we probably have insurance. Like we have, we have the resources and ability to sort of access some of this information, but there are so many queer people, especially now who are out of work because of COVID or because of things in their, their what's happening in their states, or mm-hmm. they're a marginalized person, person of color, trans person who doesn't necessarily have the resources that that some of us do to be able to get over that fear of asking a therapist, how can I work this out so that it benefits? Yeah. Like, how can we work out a deal here? Because there is a fear of that rejection of being rejected yeah. by medical professionals a lot of times because they probably I, had a history of it i was actually going to tell you one of my favorite stories about therapies i saw this therapist for a short period of time and i actually did really like him but our obviously our first session i was like you know i i'm i would i would struggle paying the full feed and he's like well i work on a sliding scale what can you afford and i was like you know i feel uncomfortable saying a number and oh. he's like, well, I want you to, I want you to tell me what you, th- you know, and we, I, we both hemmed and hawed, <laughs> we both hemmed and hawed for a while. And then I gave a number he goes, I don't go that low. And I was Oof. humiliated. <laughs> it was like, it Oof. was truly, and I was like, well, why'd you make me say why'd that you, then? Yeah. Like, why'd you do that? 
Um, let me ask you. Let me ask you one more question because this is something. Sure. As uh, you told that story about the guy who's like, I really want to fuck you, and instantly I'm like, I hate that guy. I can't imagine like sitting in an office with someone who would say that to my face. Um, even though it was good for him for being honest. What's it like if you have a client that you don't like? Like, what's it's, does it become difficult over time? Have you ever so, let someone go because you're like, I can't ooh, deal yeah, with that? Who have you fired? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rarely, there have been very few instances where I've let a client go or I fired a client. And it's usually, I'm trying to think. So it's usually um, because there's like an issue that I'm like, I really cannot help. And I will refer them yeah. to some of them. Like, I think this, you know, I think this therapist would be able to better help you with like whatever the thing is. Um, and if a client is like always late or calling out or just no. like not showing up, Me I'll and my dentist first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I like to address it first and ask them like, what's going on here? Is there something I can do is maybe yeah. the time slot sucks. Right. Um, or if I feel like the relationship is enabling something in the client that is hurting them which that mm. happens less often, but every now and again, I'm like, actually, I think you working with me is like, <clears throat> again, um, almost motivating a particular pattern that mm. uh, I don't think is like good for you. So we should mm. probably Interesting. break up. I, yeah. I wanted to ask you about, now when I first saw, cause we had the list of you know things about you so, so we could get to know you. And I, when I first saw Brave Trails, I thought it was like something within the line of like pretty privileged, like it was some problem that gay people might have, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> what, is this something new that I have to be concerned with now? I can't take it, but it's not, it's a great organization. What can yes. you tell us more about what that is and your work with it? Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. I, when you were <laughs> describing like what you thought it might be, it reminded me of that 30 Rock episode where Jenna Maroney, um, she founded a camp for pretty blonde. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, oh, so good. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Brave Trails, it's this wonderful organization. It's a camp, um, accredited camp that basically um, works with queer youth. It's a queer, it's gay camp. It's queer That's youth great. leadership camp. Um, it's inclusive, right? So allies are welcome to join as well. Sometimes, you know, a queer camper will come with their like, you know, heterosexual sibling, right? Mm. Like for support and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it uh, it's not exclusively for queer youth, but, um, you know, a lot of the programming, because again, it's a leadership camp on top of like <clears throat> regular camp where they do like hiking yeah. and archery and swimming. Mm. Um, they also have like sex ed workshops. They also have oh, a mandatory anti-racism classes mm. that, campers of color can opt out of mm. but everyone else has to attend mm -hmm. um and that's you know organized by a really really wonderful staff um most of whom are volunteering their own time oh wow to do that's this. great yeah, wow. yeah so it's basically like what i wish i would have had as yeah. a kid yeah it's yeah a lot of that like inner child work stuff yeah. that was coming up for me when i first volunteered yeah. there um, and my role there was basically like the on-site therapist for the campers, okay. right? So mm. we didn't have like traditional one-on-one -on -one therapy. 
Um, but it was more like providing emotional support and um, helping navigate yeah. like particularly difficult conversations. That's so great. Yeah. And and yeah. I think the reason you bring that up is, is you're saying you want us to be celebrity guests at the <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Should we go? Uh, well, oh my God. we can certainly Excellent speak segue. to our agent. I can do can sex ed. Our agent about our, our <laughs> we, fee. You need that. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine um, me showing up doing sex education and drag? The answer is no, I cannot. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I would love that. Oh, uh, Omar, this has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for joining us. And oh, gosh. Thank you where, for having me again. I'm the least talented guest you've ever had. Oh, oh shut up. You have, you have more college education than most of our guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where, like, where can people find you? Or I, I guess maybe if you want to give out your... The phone number for your office in case folks need therapy yeah. in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you yeah, want to share. Mean, yeah, uh, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's Omar the Therapist. Um, if you're uh, just to like warn everybody, uh, I post a lot about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And yeah, yeah, you love Sarah Michelle Gellar. This is good. To I am an SMG. St- it's basically an SMG stan account. <laughs> All right. At this point. It's just I'm here for that. Nonstop. Okay. Um, and uh, if you want to uh, look me up as far as like my practice, you can just mm-hmm. uh, Google Omar Torres therapy. And I'll pop And what about up. Brave yeah. Trails? Where can they find more on Brave Trails? Yeah. Oh gosh. It, yes. So their Instagram account is Camp Brave Trails. And again, mm. you could Google, find their website, uh, Brave Trails, and you can donate, you can volunteer your time. Um, and they're really, really flexible with how you can volunteer. So you can show up to give a workshop or you can spend, you know, it's a sleepaway camp, right? So you mm-hmm. can spend the entire time mm-hmm. there, which is mm-hmm. what I do. Um, just like helping and all that good yeah. stuff and spending yeah. time, just like trying to do good work and to yeah. get back to um, queer youth. Which That's so great. Queer. That's great. great. That's amazing. That's well, so thanks great. again, Omar. Thank you again. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. And another thing. So now that uh, we are this close Boo. to Halloween, <laughs> right? Uh, we this episode is will be airing right before, uh, spook, as people like to say, the spooky season, which is apparently overused more than more than ever this year. People are complaining about the term. Yeah, uh, I thought it'd be a fun time to share um, my deepest, truest fear, which I really didn't sc- discover until this. In the last like five years till I moved to L.A. when I could actually see the moon, which you can't really see in New York. Uh, And (laughs) I realized that I have an actual like it's not like this sounds like it's going to sound like a whimsical sort of performative put on that I just makes use to say to sound quirky. But it is a genuine fear that that like strikes deep in my in my belly when I see the moon i'm not afraid yeah. of the moon but i'm afraid of the moon if it is big in the sky mm-hmm. i'm afraid of the moon but if it is big and low in the sky if yeah. it's a strawberry moon if the moon is like a if i can like take my fingers and make it look like the size of a quarter you know in yeah. the sky yeah. that's fine but if it's bigger than that i cannot i am so repulsed by the big big you moon get, you get very freaked out i get about like it. sick it's really great there's it's... nothing that i enjoy more than like texting elliot <laughs> i don't I know i know <laughs> or so funny. No, like people... i really do think people listening right now tonight go out take a picture of the moon and tag elliot i don't care if it's yes, a picture of the moon good idea but, yes. I, but I, that, you don't understand i don't care about a picture of the moon it's gonna I'm be saying... your thing your unhinged moon fear <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying that when I see the moon, there's there's a movie called Melancholia that I yes, will I, never. Michael, it's ever, a great film. Ever, it is a great, ever, great film. And it's, a, it's a, a movie about uh, the moon hitting the earth. Yes. 
uh, something yeah. a slow a slow it is Elliot's is it the moon singular or a nightmare it's a meteor but it's like a, yeah. a no, meteor a, oh yeah you're right but it's like no. a slow moving asteroid where people Sorry. are preparing for death and it looks like the moon setting oh, in the distance yeah i can't, someone told me about it and i almost threw up like it is such a beautiful film though i'm sure i'm sure it is but i would never in a million well, it's, years i mean it's it's interesting because like uh you guys know i follow a lot of like astronomical stuff and uh, and they've recently been talking about how like a sort of way, you know, way outside of the norm. Um, but the moon has started deviating closer to the earth. Ooh. And they're saying that it's that they're saying that within a couple years, it might actually start <laughs> start coming close enough that it'll hit the earth. Elliot. I definitely thought you were serious for a second. Yeah, and that <laughs> but I've literally made that wait, joke a bunch of times. Today. What is it about the moon? I, I figured it out. I think I have figured it out. Yeah, I think ultimately, because I, I mean, this is terrible, but because I witnessed 9-11 in real life. Oh, like, my God. You are no, not comparing the moon to 9-11. No, I'm not. Listen, you have to let me. <laughs> well, who, let who me are you, Rudy it. Giuliani? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me at least explain it. Again, this is all I think I've diagnosed it yeah. myself. Yeah, I think that. That being, sentence alone tells me being, being from <laughs> being from New York <laughs> and living through 9-11 was obviously a traumatic thing for everybody who was there, everybody who experienced yeah. it, whatever. So I've had like PTSD dreams from it for from that for years. But I realized that when I see think that that I think that watching mm -hmm. the t watching the skyline in New York change in real yeah. time, seeing something so unnatural in a stagnant skyline change. Yeah. And That's in such a horrifying way, made things that look unusual in the sky creepy to me. And mm -hmm. so when the moon is like big and creepy or a different color, I get creeped out. Or there was like a scene in The Leftovers. Basically, there's a scene in that show <clears throat> the, where the end of the world is happening. And yeah. these two characters hold hands and look at the sky as these missiles begin to strike. But they're like tiny. So they look uh, like fireworks. Yeah. And they start coming closer and closer. And I'm, it oh, makes me, intense. it's like nauseating. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do think yeah. it's connected to like living through See, 9 <laughs> I actually, I think you're correct, but in a in a different way. I think you're. It's actually a fear of one of the largest things that you can sit on, but you can't sit on it's it. It's true. It's just too <laughs> far true. away. <laughs> and no matter how big or small it gets in the sky, you're oh. never gonna have it, Elliot. And, oh, and Elliot, Elliot struggles with spheres. He prefers obviously oblong. Exactly. Oh uh, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Brent's always, but, but, always texting me about like. <laughs> what do you call i forget what you call them pussy pocket uh pocket uh, uh, uh oh pussy plugs pussy plugs and i'm like butt, i don't even know plugs. what you're talking about <laughs> i don't i like it i know what a butt plug is but i don't if even that, know like technically would be elliot literally plug. has an eighty thousand dollar collection of butt plugs i don't yeah. know yes yeah Wooden, wooden ones from the 1700s. He has he has like a two thousand dollar wooden butt plug from the 1700s. Yeah, I don't yeah. even. King understand. Arthur himself used it. That's right. I have to. I honestly don't know. Do I'm not a prude. I'm not saying I'm a prude. I'm not saying I'm naive. But I don't. Do people just sit on them? Like, is it like a? Is it? Well, it's meant to stretch you out so that yeah. you can. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't more. think people sit on them like at work. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure what some people do for? because pleasure they have their, just... they, well, yeah, yes, they're for pleasure, but it's also so. to stretch you out. But I mean, there Oof. are some that are made for like work where you can like have like a vibrator on it or something. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, like, there's a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's a whole line of how people satisfy themselves. <laughs> and we're not here to judge that. We're just no, here to no make fun judge, of Elliot. No, no judgment it. at all. Yeah, no we're, here, we're, we're only here to make fun of Elliot for it. That's <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. It takes him like 20 minutes to choose his butt plug for the oh day every yeah. time. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but wait, we were going to talk about Halloween. Yes. Uh, are you, uh, are you like, so i love halloween it's so much fun yeah we talked um, about your love of halloween which surprised but, me because i didn't know that yeah i guess you guys were surprised by that um uh but uh like do you ever find that halloween is like a little bit too thoughty at this point especially amongst mm. like the gay scene like it's like guys i remember it's in not college, just the gays it's not guys, just the gays. no certainly not certainly yeah. not but guys in college would just i remember one guy uh was a devil a shirtless devil yeah uh so he was like in all blue shirtless one year and then uh oh, sorry um no all red because he's the devil yeah. and then the next year he was a um like an angel and he was all blue shirtless angel all blue and you're just like oh just God. take your shirt off. like who cares you don't have to yeah. dress up and put body paint on this is the one night a year you can walk into a bar with your shirt off and it's part of your costume it's yeah right you. right yeah. But does that bother you guys? Do you ever do that? Do you ever do like shirtless like Halloween costumes? I no, I would never do a shirtless <laughs> Halloween costume. Um, uh, it doesn't bother me though. No, I I find it very basic. Like it's I find people, yeah. I find people who lack imagination go in that direction oftentimes because they they can't go in a more creative direction sure. or a more well thought out concept or story. Um, yeah. but I'm sure there are examples of thoughty costumes that that are well thought out and are very interesting. And I have no problem with people being thoughty. I just also like, if they have the right to be thoughty in, in West Hollywood or in the West mm -hmm. Village or whatever with their costumes, I have the right to openly tell my friends, look at that basic dude over there. Like he yeah. couldn't even think of a costume. He's walking around with his shirt off. How dumb <laughs> right, is that? Right, you know what I mean? Like, right. and that's what makes America wonderful. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I really don't, I don't care. I just feel like we're, light years beat like i'm so truly unmoved by like thirstiness and thoughtiness now because i feel like it's be it's just metastasized to everybody yeah yeah it's true but i do think it's like funny when people i still think it's funny when people pretend that they're not doing that yeah. uh but for me i think the only the gay cop the gay couples costume that always creeps me out is I mean, it's so basic, but it's also gross to me because they're, it's like when they do like sexy Mario and Luigi from oh, Mario yeah. Brothers. And I'm like, oh, you wow. guys know you're playing brothers, right? Like what? you're not playing boyfriend. It's, I just, do that is have, just ridiculous. This year, considering that like, you know, this is a year where there's lots of opportunities for different costumes, like the Squid Game, et cetera. Is there like one costume that you like dread seeing, particularly this year? For me, it's going to be the Kim K Met Gala look where she came in the full, like she had the mask, the black <gasps> right. mask over her face and it was all black thing. I no. want to see how many people fuck that up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't love the idea of, I mean, even the kid who I, uh, who, who's, who I mentor, who's 10, was like, oh, I think I might do Squid Game. And I'm like, you shouldn't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't be watching that show, and you shouldn't be sell. I, I just I'm creeped out by the idea of that being so. It is wild, isn't it? It's such a. It's such a. The show What's is. What's it about? It's a. It's about. It's essentially about the debt crisis in Korea. Um, but it's it's oh. about people who are in deep debt who get wrapped into a game to then get a, a very deadly live or die game 
to then oh. get themselves out of debt for the rest of life and it's become fabulously wealthy. It's oh, very violent. There's a whole scene really where there's, dark. Like, there's a red green game where I'm, this is, I'm not really spoiling green. anything yeah. for anybody who's yeah. listening, but um, where if if you're found moving on the red light, they shoot you. Like it's a whole, and that's how they eliminate players okay. and stuff. So it's a it's a very they shoot violent you with, a, with like a paint dystopian gun. game. Yeah. yeah, no, no paintball gun. Uh, no, this is real. So it's like a. Do you guys have costumes? Everywhere. Do you guys have costumes in mind this year, though? No, I never. Dress I haven't. Up. I, do, I don't want to. I don't want to dress up to get drunk. Like I don't want to spend money to dress up to get drunk. But why do you like Halloween if you like you don't? Yeah, what I do love you like watching other people. I I I love. First of all, I love ghost stories. Uh, I I love fall. It's one of my favorite times of year. I like how everyone. I like watching like adults get really caught up in it my dad loves the holiday mm. you know everyone's eating candy Your dad which loves is halloween my dad loves halloween <gasps> whoa uh, so great and i think i've talked about this in the podcast before yeah, my dad, that's right my dad famously uh cared about trick-or-treaters coming to the house so much <laughs> that he would keep statistics from year to year <laughs> And like manipulate variables to see if oh like any one god. thing would help bring more trick or treaters oh, to the door. My god! Uh, they it's go so to funny. Boston now to spend it with my brother. How yeah. like I mean, your dad? How Elliot's surprised that your dad loves trick or treaters? I think you'll also be surprised that my mother absolutely <laughs> hates trick or treaters. <laughs> wow! To the point where the lights will be completely off in the house, and everyone will be in the basement. <laughs> So that my mother does not have to deal with any That's of these. So As does she leave I, out candy? She does not even leave out candy. Wow. She, she says she raised her kids. She's not given anything for free. <laughs> oh my God. That's so surprising. She does not. She does not like. She does not like trick or treating. She I'm finds shocked. it to so be funny. just like dumb and like a stupid idea that. Yeah. But you trick or treated when you were kids, right? No, I really didn't. I had to go with other families because my mom hated it so much. And my <laughs> yeah. mom also blamed. Um, uh, there's a show about it on right now, the, the American Horror Story. This Mamie Eisenhower. She blamed amazing Mamie Eisenhower for popularizing Halloween, which she oh, did. And 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 huh. so my mom just like, no, not for us. No. Wow. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Yeah. So I what, never really did. I'd always have to be with friends. What's your costume this year, Elliot? Oh, I don't. I'm. Alan? It's. I'm. All I care about is dressing up my dog, and we're still figuring that. Okay. Okay. We're should still- I reveal what I'm going to be, or should I save it for the gram? I don't know. It's up to you. Three, know, should I, Michael? two, should I? one, end of episode. Is it Miss Piggy? No, it's not Miss Piggy. Wait, what'd you say? It's not, it's not Miss Piggy. <laughs> it comes out, well, yeah, it comes out, well, it's, yeah, okay. No, I, I won't say it, but I'll give a hint. Okay. Um, it involves a classy, campy movie and a child being beaten. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's, I, I know it's anyone listening and if you if you figured out what it is by the time this episode comes out on Thursday then post in the comments because you'll see the picture on Friday uh and yeah and everyone who posts uh everyone is allowed to make a, a, a guess what Alan's costume is and Elliot will give all those folks who make any <laughs> guess 50 bucks he'll venmo yeah. you 50 dollars <laughs> or so. send a dick pic I mean there's it's either that's or. possible too yeah you might you might get both who knows might get both is it okay if it's my dog stick? <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona have to say about listening to today's show? You should go, you should dress up for Halloween <laughs> as Superman's son, Jeffrey <laughs> My aunt Joanne would say, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller is Jewish, apparently, but 
She's been known to have a Christmas tree in her house. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I got your grandma is, and that's intentionally the Christmas Nazi. <laughs> right. How about Aunt Anne? Uh, my Aunt Anne would be like, I'm not surprised that Superman's gay. He's flying around in tights with underwear over his tights. It's true. This man well, has always what, been queer. That's uh, what that, uh, that sketch on the anonymously gay duo was so Batman and Robin. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And Anne Anne does not use the term queer progressively. Anyway. <laughs> that was an insult. <laughs> everyone yeah. have a happy, happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween, spooky everyone. season. <laughs> I'm Bill. Elliot Glazer. He's Bill. Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. I am H. Elliot's Dick Scott. Oh my God. We talked a lot about Elliot's Dick in the between I know. segments. That's why, <laughs> guys. Is, and you're never going to hear it. Whenever it's a heavy episode, I'm like, all right, we need to take two weeks off. Two weeks off on hinge jokes. To reflect on Elliot's uh, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>